Welcome to Inspiring Health with Dr. Roxana Gapster, President and CEO of WellSpan Health, as she hosts candid conversations about organizational culture, value, and other pressing issues we face in healthcare and business today. Today on Inspiring Health, I'm thrilled to introduce Sam Glick, a consultant at Oliver Wyman. Sam leads the firm's health and life sciences business globally, serving as an industry expert in helping organizations like ours with transformational efforts. Sam has been an instrumental collaborator at WellSpan as we embark on our new 2030 strategic plan. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. Great to be talking with you, Roxana. You've had an interesting career journey. From citrus farmer to economist to entrepreneur, tell our listeners more about how you landed in the role you have today. Yeah, happy to. So I, I live in San Francisco here in California. I've been in California um, my whole life. Um, and I went to school at Pomona College in Claremont there in Southern California. Um, studied economics, thought I wanted to be a, a professional economist. Um, had an opportunity then to move over to what was then Mercer HR. And that's where I really first got uh, a sort of uh, a taste for uh, the healthcare business, not just healthcare research, um, because a big chunk of their business is, is selling health benefits. Well, I think you know, Sam, very well the challenges that the industry is facing right now, and, and some might say more challenges than there has ever been. Um, what are some of the major trends that you're seeing right now? So this is... Um, this is a, these are very interesting times in healthcare, as you've said, Roxana, and um, many health systems um, struggled financially over the past several years. Um, I would say most health systems struggled financially over the past several years. And it's easy to say, well, the pandemic changed the course of where we're going in healthcare. And I don't really believe that's true. Um, I believe what the pandemic did is accelerate trends we all knew were coming, um, but probably weren't ready for um, them to come this fast. And what do I mean by that? We live in a country that's aging faster than it's growing. And that means a lot. That means just simple physiology and uh, nature is that as we get older, we need more healthcare. Um, that's just part of the human condition. But it also means that when somebody moves into Medicare, for example, they get reimbursed very differently. And those economics aren't as good. Um, but it also means that the people we rely on to work in our hospitals, in our clinics elsewhere, are moving more and more towards retirement and we're not replacing them at the same rate. Um, and all of those things kind of come together. We knew that um, telehealth had great potential, but actually some of the stats we showed, fewer than 10% of the country had ever even tried it before the pandemic, not even used it regularly, had ever even tried it. And then all of these models that are more convenient in addition to telehealth, whether they're retail clinics, community clinics, home-based care, self-care, all sorts of things that people can do. And the pandemic brought all that forward. Um, and then there's all this scientific innovation going on. Um, some of it um, a little bit scary, right? Like some of the things we're seeing around artificial intelligence, but with great potential. Um, some of it very expensive, but again, with great potential, like these new drugs for diabetes and weight loss and the GLP-1s that we see coming forward. And I kind of paint this picture, Roxana, because... I think more than ever, there is this kind of swirl out there um, about big bets. And, um, you know, the, the big bets I see systems taking are kind of finding their path through that swirl, through that mess, acknowledging we are never going to be able to have enough people forever to serve all the people we try to serve 
at the current levels of productivity and the current levels of technology. We have to find new ways to automate things. Finding a path that says people are more engaged and better served in many cases, virtually in their home, in their community, wherever they are. And the days of bringing somebody to a big facility aside from some really complex things are numbered. Um, and we've got to work through that. Um, realizing that um, the needs of the people we serve are more diverse than ever. Um, and technology can actually play a really valuable role in doing that. Um, you know, the, everybody's familiar, I think, or most people are with ChatGPT, and there's lots of talk about, well, what would be the applications in healthcare? And are some days, someday are we going to have a computer providing our diagnoses, not a doctor? Um, and maybe, although that's probably a long ways away and there's a lot to figure out, there's some big bets around workforce and thinking differently about how we serve people, big bets around access and particularly the role of telehealth and home health in that big bets around technology and how do we how do we make those other things work better through technology. Um, and then all of that driving affordability. Everybody is talking about affordability and um, we, we simply can't think of affordability as something separate. Um, affordability is still the single greatest barrier to healthcare access in this country. Um, and so if, if people can't afford to come in or they're scared to come in because of a surprise bill, none of the rest of it matters. And, and I'd say that's at the top of everybody's list. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I couldn't agree more with what, what you talked about in terms of challenges, but also big bets. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are around um, say we do that and we redesign the system and it's an amazing system and people are getting care at home and on telehealth and conveniently in different locations uh, and using technology the way that we probably should have been using it um, and, and really ramping that up. How do you think the affordability will play into that? How will we be able to change the current reimbursement and payment system to support that kind of innovative work? There's a lot of work that needs to be done around reimbursement and the relationships with insurers and the relationship with the government. But the fundamental issue is not one of price, it's one of cost. And, and in a health system, um, the vast majority of the money spent really goes to two things, which is, first of all, labor, paying people um, because it's a labor-intensive business. And then long-term to, to capital, to building buildings and putting in very expensive IT systems and uh, equipment that we need and all of that kind of stuff. And I do think if you're in a community where, where you're growing to say, I can actually serve more people with the same number of staff because they're better enabled by technology. They're not doing the things that are mundane and don't really benefit patients. Those are more automated. I can serve people with the same number of hospital beds, right? Because I'm keeping them healthier. I'm keeping them in their home. That creates a lot of flexibility when you're negotiating with payers or going to the government to be able to say, well, I can actually afford to take a little bit lower rate, or I can actually afford to think differently about reimbursement. I think in, in communities where you don't have that, um, and, and that is most of them, right? Um, and and in, uh, I suspect a lot of uh, the, the challenge sometimes you have at WellSpan, right? And I've addressed really well. In communities that are flat or even sometimes shrinking, um, you got to be a little more aggressive. What you have to say is, okay, I can do the same thing. Um, but first of all, I've got to be able to go to those who pay me, the government and my payers, and ask them to align incentives so that when we do save money, um, we are um, we are able to benefit from that. And then we're going to use that money and reinvest it in our communities um, as we do that and bring prices down. And then at certain points, be willing to have hard conversations about 
um, how do we think about repurposing capacity, repurposing people? And it doesn't mean taking it out, but it means genuinely repurposing it. Um, you know, when do we have hospital beds that maybe should be outpatient facilities? Um, you know, when do we have people who may be spending their time doing a lot of their time on the phone, uh, right, one person at a time, who should be texting with 10 patients at a time and changing the job in that way? Um, and I think that combination does it a lot. Um, and, and what's great about it is when we get it right, it's just good for, um, it's good for health. Gosh, Sam, fascinating to listen to you talk about the industry. And we've touched on a lot of the major challenges and opportunities, but I'm just curious what you think the long-term future of healthcare is, you know, 10 to 20 years down the road, if you can look that far. So you can probably, you can probably tell I'm an optimist at heart. Yes. Uh, I, I think we have bigger challenges than we've ever had before uh, as an industry, but also bigger opportunities um, because the alternative is that we end up creating a two-tier system in this country um, that we're already uh, sadly down a path of in some communities where you know those with commercial insurance, those with some means have lots of consumer-friendly options and they have retail clinics they can go to and they have telehealth options they can pay $40 for. Uh, and then when they need to, they can go to a place like WellSpan and they piece it all together and they feel good. And then you have a bunch of people who um, don't have those means and end up kind of shunted into a Medicaid system or a, a county hospital system. Um, and that's uh, where the waits are long and the quality isn't as good. Um, I don't think any of us want that. And 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 the, we shouldn't let the system move in that direction. So my hope is that, that through the leadership of places like Boston, right, um, that we end up with care that is um, remains grounded in communities, um, that is far more integrated, that is far more value-based, right, where incentives are really aligned, um, where decisions are made in kind of an integrated, consumer-friendly way, um, and that is largely taking place um, where it makes the most sense for the individual. And to me, that's the, that's the incredible power of um, like all the technology innovation that is coming forward, which is it allows us on every dimension of what we do to tailor the way we take care of people, not just from a clinical perspective. Uh, right? We do that today. We'll keep doing it better. But we do care planning and we do all of that stuff in the right way. We pick the right treatments for the right people. Uh, but in a really consumer-oriented, personalized way, that I will deliver care where it matters for you. I'll help you make choices about your health in a way that matters to you. You'll be able to connect with somebody who looks like you and feels like you, right? And can build trust and a relationship with you where I understand the resources that are available in your community. Um, and, and we make decisions together because uh, to me, um, that's, that is the biggest thing, which is, um, you know, we, we often sort of, I think, fall into the trap of trying to segment people and it's by their payer status, it's by their social determinants, it's by their health status, by their whatever. And um, you know, every person we treat is an individual. Um, and I think one of the things we learned through COVID is um, the lesson that if you're really gonna reach people, you're gonna build trust with people, it's this, it's this kind of conversation. And so if I go 10 or 20 years out, um, you know, my hope is that we have a healthcare system where um, the overhead stuff, the billing and coding and documentation and, you know, things that booking and all the stuff that we don't like doing 
That's what's automated. That's what technology has taken care of. That's what's created room for us to have more engagement like this that's convenient and connected and, and human um, and, and builds trust so that we can help people build health, be healthier. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. It sounds like a great North Star for the future. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Sam, for joining me on this episode of Inspiring Health and for all the work you're doing to help us advance the health and well-being of our friends and neighbors across South Central Pennsylvania. Please join us for the next episode of Inspiring Health.